Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the 25th episode of the Million Ex-Girlfriends podcast. I am your host, Juan Sanchez, a.k.a. Senor 7-inch PP. That's over a half foot of cock, baby. Today, I'm going to jump right into it. The first thing I want to say is the Oscars were recently. Now, I didn't really pay too much attention to who was nominated, what movies were up, what movies won things. Um, I don't give a shit. I just like movies. I think the Oscars is a holdover from the previous era, just like the Grammys. Uh, just like genre labels and stuff like that. However, that being said, Joaquin Phoenix did win Greatest Actor, and I thought his speech was amazing. It was reverent. I really liked the part where he referenced his brother, um, Run to the Rescue with Love, and Peace Will Follow, I think is what he said referencing a lyric River Phoenix wrote back in the day. Um, it was touching because, well, I mean, A, Joaquin Phoenix is the one who made the 911 call when his brother was dying. But also, like, as a kid, I did have a... You know, I liked River Phoenix because he was in the third Indiana Jones movie. He played Young Indiana. He was in Stand By Me. That was one of my favorite movies growing up. So, I just thought that was a really cool moment. Uh, yeah, it touched me. I thought I thought it was nice. So, <clears throat> recently in life, I've been... Well, basically what I've been up to is normally... As far as work goes, I'm an agriculturalist. I apply pesticides. I'm licensed for that. But um, I got let go uh, from the last job I was at <clears throat> right before the winter started, which is usually the time we have off anyway. But like now I need to look for a new job. But I'm also on unemployment. And unemployment in Rhode Island sucks. They make you jump through so many hoops. I mean, honestly, it's so much work, ironically. It's, it's probably less work than just getting a new job and I think that's what they're going for so yeah I'm gonna be trying to find a, a job soon which isn't the worst thing I guess I mean to be honest I should probably get out got a, got a little dust got a little dust on the joints you know gotta, gotta shake some of that shit loose but yeah I don't know what I would uh I mean Obviously, I will be looking for a job in, like, landscaping or something like that, but I just don't know if I'm the biggest fan of it. I don't know if it's the right fit for me. Then again, it makes a pretty decent amount of money. So I have to find the part where my values and the practicality of it can meet. Like, what can I do that makes money that isn't unethical in my perspective, in my view. And yeah, that's an incredibly first world way of looking at it. But the whole time I was doing my job applying pesticides and putting down fertilizer, I kept thinking to myself, I'm part of the problem. Every time I saw trees being cleared or land being developed, all I could think to myself was, great. 
I'm gonna be working there. It's my fault that that's there. I mean, it's all of our fault. It's humanity's fault. Uh, the Earth is overpopulated. There's seven billion point eight million people. So it's not just my fault, but in a sense, it's my fault. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I could just, I don't know, go back to working in a kitchen or something. I mean, that sucked, but... It sure as hell feels a lot more ethical than fucking doing what I did. I could just mow lawns. I could just mow grass. But then you're still using a lot of gas and oil vehicles and shit, so... I don't know. It's six of one, half dozen of the other. Um, I'd probably be happy getting away from agriculture entirely. It's really sweaty, makes me uncomfortable. I have sciatica. And overall, it's probably just not a good fit for me. But that's neither here nor there. It's, it's whatever. That's for me to figure out. It's just a fun, just a just a fun little thing to. I shouldn't say fun, but I have been thinking about you know a lot of personal decisions uh, lately because there's a lot of things that are coming within reach. There are a lot of things that are out of reach that I know how to get to, and it's just a uh, you know that day by day process of just uh, every day is just today repeated. I don't know where I got that from. <clears throat> so, earlier today, I was at the store. I was at Walmart, of all places. And I saw someone that I used to know in high school. A woman. I'm not going to say her name. I'm going to use a fake name. Ellie. Ellie. So I saw Ellie coming in. I was walking to the customer service desk because I had a quick question before. Um, I don't remember what I wanted to ask about. I just remember I had a question. I needed to find something. Um, so I'm walking to the customer service desk and like I'm headed, you know, up to the right sort of about. It's right in front of me. And as I'm heading up that way, I see Ellie coming basically so like I'm going like this I'm going straight this is my path straight and Ellie's coming never mind I can't visualize it basically I'm heading straight and she's gonna like cross my path if and I remember I saw her from a distance and now back in high school I thought Ellie was so hot man like I wanted some of that but as as we grow up and move on in life and uh, shoot our shot multiple times, we start to realize that uh, maybe certain things just aren't going to happen. And that's okay. That's fine. These glasses are going to get caught in the key. I just realized that. Yeah, alright. How's that look? Okay, we like that. Yeah, one of the reasons why I wear glasses is just because I don't like having to look at my eyes, flick around while I'm editing, because I'm always looking at a lot of different things. I'm looking at, 
you know, the lights, I'm looking at the screen, monitoring the time, the volume, I'm looking at my phone down here because it's keeping a timer on it, I'm looking at my notes, I'm looking off into the dark parts of the room thinking something's gonna kill me. So I basically just wear the glasses so I don't have to watch my eyes constantly just dart all over the place in the editing. But yeah, like I was saying, back in high school, I really, really liked Ellie. Like she was so hot. And then she grew up into a woman and she's even hotter now. And like I said, I remember the last time I tried to talk to her again, I just, I was just so oblivious back then like, it was probably, like, the third time I tried to shoot my shot in my life. Um, and then, at one point, I realized to myself, like, oh, shit, that's never gonna happen because she's way the fuck out of your league. Like, I'm a, you know, on a good day, I'm a six, and she's a, she's definitely a strong eight. And I'm, like, a, I'm, like, a light six. So, I see her, we make eye contact, and I start booking it. Now... I was, I tried to stand up and walk around straight everywhere, but when I saw her, I just immediately, like, I, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Reg regressed, I guess. Um, all of a sudden I started slouching again like a shitty teenager, and I remember in my head I could hear myself saying, stand up straight, stand up straight, but then there was a part of me that's like, no, no, don't, just keep, don't. So I'm looking hard, as hard as I can the other way, away from her, trying not to make eye contact with her, feeling like a fucking idiot, slouching like I got my knuckles on the ground. Just probably walking like I got a complete fucking shit in my pants. And I just try to like ping pong up, cut in front of her so that she couldn't cut in front of me. Because I don't know why that was better if she cut in front of me or if I cut in front of her, but I was already going, so I just didn't want to slow down, I guess. So I, you know, cut and then made the turn past her and I remember as she walked past me I was just like yeah come on come on you're better than this like just be be the man obviously I didn't turn and talk to her um but <laughs> my point being that I don't know like okay when I last asked Ellie out like I said I realized that I was probably embarrassing the fuck out of myself um, because again, she's just so much hotter than me. And I remember thinking like, oh shit, okay, so that, that's what it is. And that's, that's what it is. And I'm fine with that. If that's what it is, that's cool. And I just never thought I would ever see her again. And then I saw her at the store today and I was like, oh fuck, I'm seeing her. No, you didn't see her. Look away. But yeah, seeing there's, there's, there's nothing that'll like make you, there's nothing that'll make you self-conscious, like seeing somebody who you used to think was hot and then you see them years down the road and they're still hot, attractive whatever visually appealing whatever the respectful term that we're using is these days but you know 
I used to like looking at Ellie. Ellie was fun to look at. And then she grew up and she got more fun to look at. And thank Christ, I just have such a strong resolve and will. Because if I were younger, I probably would have just, you know, locked eye contact with her and been like, Hey, how you doing? But because I'm a mature, responsible adult man, I just pretended like I never saw a thing. And I'm proud of myself for that because, like I said, the last time I saw her, I just wouldn't have, do I wouldn't have done that. I keep judging myself against 2016, Juan, because <clears throat> that was sort of the culmination of the stupidity and the bullshit that I was getting into at that time of my life. And I really tried hard to turn over a new leaf that year. Um, a lot of things came to an end. I was put into a lot of tough situations. And uh, I learned a lot of stuff about myself that year. So when that happened today, I was simultaneously filled with you know, pleasure and pain. Pleasure for being proud of myself. Um, you you did something you've been working hard so so hard towards, but also pain, I guess more in the primal sense of goddamn like she is incredibly gorgeous and you just you just know it's never gonna happen. Like it's just never gonna happen. So I don't know. That's just how I feel about that though. Um I want to talk about some music now. This month in music. So, over here in the music corner, I just decided to do it and do the podcast in the corner today because fuck it. Ugh. <laughs> Boom! Alright, that was nice. <clears throat> So over the course of the last month, I've just been listening to a couple... I want to talk about a couple of different albums. Um, I'm just going to run some songs. I'm just going to run some songs and some albums and some artist names by you for the next couple of minutes. So just buckle in and hang tight. Poppy just released an album called I Disagree. Well, not just, but about a month ago now in early January. A couple of the songs I like off that are the song Anything Like Me. That song sounds like Poppy's playing around with Billie Eilish's sound and putting her own spin on it. <clears throat> the song Nothing I Need, which is a dreamy Kira Kira Bonito type song. Bite Your Teeth is a tight, explosive, uh, hardcore thrash song with these machine gun snare drum fills. And the song Don't Go Outside... Uh, wraps the album up with repeated references to previous parts of the album, tying it all together conceptually and musically. So that's Poppy. I disagree. That's a very good album. Check that out. Mac Miller just released his new album. I let me let me back that way up. Let me back way up on that one. I just realized what I said. I was just reading off of it. I was just reading and not feeling anything for a second. Mac Miller. I keep, I keep trying to... I keep fucking that up. All right. Mac Miller's Circles posthumous album just came out, released by his people. 
Uh, I really like that. I had only just started listening to Mac Miller about a week or two prior to his death, so I, I didn't really get too deep into his music as a result of it. That being said, this new album is very good. I like the song Blue World with its soul-styled acapella vocal intro. I like the swingy laid-back beat and the bubbly synthesizer line. I like the lead single, Good News. It's very heavy and melancholic. And if it is a reflection of the mental state that Mac was in around the time of his death, it it is it paints a very vivid picture of what was going on in his head. Um, everybody... This song, Everybody, feels like it's heavily inspired by the Beatles. And I love the minimal the minimal instrumentation and vaporwave feel on the song Woods. Moneybag Yo has a new album out called Time Served. I like the song Pistol by the Bed. It's got a heavy gang. It's got a heavy band gang feel to it. Band gang is a rap crew out of Detroit, Michigan. The instrumental on Pistol by the Bed sounds like something band gang Lonnie bands would rap on. And Protect the Brand featuring the baby. Um, this isn't a bad trap album. Um, there's nothing revolutionary on it. There's nothing that makes me look at trap in a new way. There's quite a few dime a dozen trap songs that just feel like they could have been made by anyone. However, Protect the Brand does have a very... Uh, it does have a very like hard, dirty feel to it, and the baby has a verse on there that's just—I mean, the baby is the baby. You know what you're getting when you sign up for him. Again, he's one of those artists that has dime a dozen trap instrumentals, but on the songs that are really good, he's—I mean, the, the baby just has a certain level of quality. Like he's not the best, he's not the worst. He's just really good at what he does. So when he shows up on a good instrumental and he's having fun with the shit he's talking about, I mean, he's—he's just—he's—he's. He's, fun to watch so yeah, pistol by the bed and protect the brand off of money bag yo's time served great songs joji just put out a new song called run i everybody remembers hosier right if you don't he's like the tape it and change back dog okay that song sucks however he actually does have good songs in his discography this new joji song Felt a little bit like a hosier imitation, but a good one. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, probably shouldn't listen to it too many times. However, it is it is a good song. It's got time signature changes in it, which is not common in a fucking pop song. It's got time signature changes in it. That is fucking cool. And Isla has a new album out. Isla... I'm going to have to look up the name of the album. But I'm pretty sure Isla is an American singer. And she's a pasty white redhead woman. Other Ways to Vent. This is a very fun album. I like this. There's a song on there called Cash Rules. It's got a feature from Method Man. It interpolates the... Uh, it interpolates the 
Come on, help me out. Help me out, brain. It interpolates the Wu-Tang song, Cream, you know? And, uh, man, I Isla just fucking, she can, this woman can sing. This woman has such a good voice. Definitely check her out. She's very good. Um, I did a video recently where I was taught, where I, uh, trashed Billie Eilish because she had some terrible stuff to say about hip-hop. So, Isla is definitely a good substitute to Billie Eilish if you don't like Billie's ignorance. So, check out Other Ways to Vent and also her last EP, War and Raindrops, I got turned on to uh, by a friend. So, yeah, definitely check out Isla. That's I-Y-L-A. A lot of fun. <clears throat> LaRue just put out a new album recently, Supervision. I listened to that once. I liked it. I listened to the new Ravina EP, Moonstone. I listened to Father of All by Green Day. That has one or two fun songs on it that I didn't hate. I really like Meet Me on the Roof. Um, there was one other song I liked on there. I just don't remember the name. But I do like how they're trying to get back into that garagey Foxborough hot tub style sound. It 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 kind of it kind of makes me want to listen to like international noise conspiracy because honestly, Green Day just Green Day hasn't really done the garage rock sound well since the Foxborough Hot Tubs album. They were really good on that, and then they did Dose, and it was like that was okay. And now this new one is just again okay. I, I would give it like a I would give it like a strong six or a light seven if I was rating it. The new Eminem album, Music To Be Murdered By, was a complete surprise. I did not care for Revival at all. I did not care for Kamikaze. I did like the one he put out in 2013, Marshall Mathers LP2. And then, you know, the two stinkers came out. The two, Revival and Kamikaze, just back-to-back -back stinkers. And then I listened to this new one, and it in Angry Eminem... Angry Eminem is kind of starting to take shape artistically. He's got stuff he's talking about what there was there was a kind of a meme to make fun of Eminem for a little bit being like ah he's because he has a song where he literally says that he hates his stepdad and he's almost 50 but if you listen to the lyrics if you listen to what's going on in these songs the man is in a lot of pain like a lot of his life and a lot of his career and a lot of his ups and downs make sense this album helps to make sense of a lot of those things now granted there are still a lot of very Eminem type moments where he's just trying to troll people and musically shitpost because that's been his whole career that's what he does however there is a lot more of a shape taken to a lot of that now there's more of a postmodern artistic bent to a lot of the offensive lyrics still not much though I really like the interludes with, I really like the spoken interludes that are like taken from Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, music to be murdered by is probably a reference to something by Alfred Hitchcock. I don't know off the top of my head, but at one point there's an interlude called Alfred and Alfred Hitchcock literally says, this is music to be murdered by. I like the song Godzilla, Eminem's rapping, okay, okay fucking fire, he burns the place down. And I really like Juice World's um, chorus on this thing. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Those kind of nights featuring Ed Sheeran. I hate how Ed Sheeran keeps bumping up against hip-hop instead of just doing it. And 
Something tells me I wouldn't like this song under any other circumstance because I want to dislike it. But for some reason, I can't bring myself to hate it. And the name of the song is Those Kind of Nights. I should hate it, but I just don't. I like the song Darkness, the way it interpolates. Sound of Silence uh, by Hall & Oates talking about... Um, talking about um, shooting crises going on. Very good wordplay on it. Rap Critic, in fact, gave that song a quote-unquote scale-breaking 6 out of 5. So definitely check out Darkness. And, uh, yeah, that's just, that's just a really fun album. Music to be murdered by Eminem. I, I want, I don't want to say he's back, but he does, he is in a shape that resembles his, he is back in a shape that resembles his best work. As much as I like Marshall Mathers LP2, it didn't feel like Eminem at his best. It didn't feel like Eminem at, at it didn't feel like he was echoing his best moments like a lot of that album did feel kind of lazy. He's he yeah, he's he's back in top form. He's back in fighting form on Music to be Murdered by. Um he I think he wanted to be in fighting form on Revival and Kamikaze, but like his stance wasn't good and he was just kind of throwing punches wildly. Music to be Murdered by is a bit more focused. Louis Tomlinson just put out his album, finally the last of the One Direction solo albums to be put out. And it's garbage. It's fucking forgettable. It's, 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 ugh. Can't remember anything off of it. I could probably try listening to it again, but I don't want to put myself through that. Not even for art. <coughs> that was fun. Oh, in fact, I want to do this one last thing. For the music segment, I'm just gonna on title. There's a um, suggested new tracks section, so I am just going to read a bunch of new tracks. <coughs> okay, so title suggests suggest that I check these out so I'm going to read them so you can check them out in intestines intestines let's start again <laughs> intentions by Justin Bieber featuring Quavo comfortable by her h dot e dot r people I've been sad by Christine and the Queens I really like that song believe featuring Justin Timberlake uh, by Meek Mill Know Your Worth by Khalid and Disclosure. Obama by Blueface and the Baby. Shut Up by the Baby. Panic, P A N exclamation point C by Audrey Mika. Um, I don't like G Easy, so I'm going to skip that one. Yikes by Nicki Minaj. I've heard good things about that. And let me read like one or two more. I'm trying to go past some of these because I don't want to recommend some of these artists shallow dimes by childish major i've childish <clears throat> shallow dimes by childish major i've actually heard good things about childish major so i'm going to check that out and last but not least let's be friends by carly ray jepson i haven't heard that one yet but i like carly ray jepson so i am going to check that out
And let's move on to the TV and movie segment. And this is going to be a bit heavy today. So I want to talk about BoJack Horseman Final Season and I want to talk about Fast and the Furious Parts 1 through 3. And I'm going to do that right now. Ugh. Oof. God damn. Sometimes I, sometimes I just feel like an old man while doing this shit. I don't know how, like, radio announcers, radio announcers and stuff... <clears throat> I'm fucking up a lot, see? I don't know how radio announcers and stuff used to do their job. I mean, I guess they worked at it, and I'm not really working. I'm just kind of driveling into a camera. Okay, so, BoJack Horseman, final season, 16 episodes long, uh, first leg, second leg, <coughs> I've only watched the, I've only watched the last season once all the way through, but basically, I really, really liked the arc that they put BoJack on, a self-improvement arc where he did the work of trying to get better, and then eventually he just fell back into his old patterns anyway, and I really liked the penultimate episode. Um, I don't want to spoil too much, but it is a near-death experience hallucination type episode. Um, put, I had a lot of feels from it. I like how the women in BoJack's life, those who are closest to him, kind of... Not necessarily turn on him, but realize how kind of toxic Bojack can be towards women. Um, and I don't think that's, again, that's no fault of his own. I don't think he always realizes when he's being a piece of shit until, like, afterwards. And he doesn't always know the best way to sort of fix things, I guess, you know, just... And, and it does ask a lot of... In fact, now that I'm thinking about it, like, Bojack does have, I guess, well, because there's a scene where Diane's like, okay, Bojack, I'm moving to Chicago, and I can't move if I don't know you're going to be okay. And Bojack literally says to her, that's not a friendship, that's a hostage negotiation. But, you know... I, don't, I think I think the women do the right thing of standing up to Bojack. Um, I feel like I just made that really weird. I just backed myself into a corner that I'm just going to walk out of now. <laughs> um, I think Bojack ultimately does get sort of what he deserves. Because... Just as is typical Bojack, he doesn't know when to stop. He does that scene, like, uh, all that information comes out about him hanging out with the high school kids and, and making moves on, on young women. And he does, like, a he does an interview with someone, and after the first interview, everybody loves him. And then he does a part two interview, and the chick just absolutely... The chick. The woman. 
the respectable reporter lady, roasts him, holds his feet to the fire, reveals him in front of the whole goddamn country. And everyone's right to turn on him. Well, no, they're not right to turn on him. You see, that last season tackled a lot of things. It tackled cancellation. It tackled, you know, depression. It it tackled uh, the concept of closure. It tackled, uh, uh, you know, mortality. It, It just went over a lot of things. And it does it all so fast and so well. Um, I'm going to have to dive back into that final season. I'm going to have to put myself through that. Yeah, as I, I really like the early seasons of BoJack because they're a lot of fun. I especially like season three when, it's, when we start to get more, um, you know, we start to get more emotional. We start to get more character development and things that affect the things that start to have ripples throughout the series. However, some of those early seasons are still kind of fun. And, uh... The height, the cartoonish hijinks become fewer and farther between as the series go on, which isn't the worst thing because there's still a lot of great like visual episodes, like the near death experience episode, is brilliant. But uh, yeah, those those later seasons, seasons five, the I think season five, and this last one, season six. Well, let me let me. I don't remember the the season before the okay there was this last season that just came out and then there was the season that came out before that those last two seasons were heavy emotionally there were a lot to get through so yeah I'm I'm going to dive back into those and watch them again <clears throat> and moving along from BoJack Horseman I'm going to talk about another Oh, wait, well, I already spoiled it earlier. I'm talking about Fast and the Furious. So I started watching the Fast and the Furious movies again recently. I've seen them before, but uh, I just decided to start watching them all over again from the top. And um, I I really do love the first three Fast and Furious movies. Well, I could care less about the first one. It has its it has things I like in it. It has its good parts, but it's it's mostly just kind of a bad movie with bad sound design. And uh, some not so great acting. And uh, the, the first one's kind of like a strong five. And then part two is like a strong seven. It's like a weak sauce cousin to like Bad Boys 2. And then Tokyo Drift is like a teenage sports movie with racing. And uh, goddamn, there's just a lot of things I like across these movies. Ja Rule's cameo in the first Fast and Furious. Um, Young Paul Walker, dreamy as fuck. And I remember there was a thing later on in Furious 7. Everyone's like, how does Paul Walker just know Kung Fu all of a sudden? Well, they establish in the very first movie that he's a pretty adept hand-to-hand combatant. And as the course of the as the movies go on, he does get better at fighting. His fighting style does improve, so it makes sense that by the seventh one, he's a, he's leveled up to the point where he can do you know kung fu with Tony Jaa. Like it, it just makes so much sense. Um, Vin Diesel's car in the first Fast and Furious movie has all the nos in the world. 
I don't know how scientifically one could put so much NOS in a car, but they did it! <laughs> I like the second Fast and Furious movie, Too Fast, Too Furious. I really love the the saturation and the warmth of the colors. Um, at one point, Paul Walker's wearing a shirt that just looks like really, really red. And I, I just love how just deep and warm the colors are. The blues are blue. The the lights are vibrant. It just it's just a really fun movie to look at. It's very it's very tasty on the eyes, and it's filmed a lot better than the first one. It's it's there's a um. It's easier to see more of what's going on. <clears throat> There's a uh, scene where Paul Walker jumps from land over water into onto a boat, jumps a car, and it's so fucking stupid, but so much fun. Like when I when I see that, I'm like, see, that's where that airplane shit started, right there, like. Um, I always forget Eva Mendez is in the second one. She shows up and then I'm like, oh, yeah, look at that girl. I was watching this movie with my, sis with my baby sister. And at one point during one of the car scenes or something, you know, where they would show attractive women. At one point, my sister goes, ooh, that's a booty. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Um... Yeah, that's just a really fun movie. Oh, yeah, and then at the very end... <laughs> at the very end, the bad guy pulls one over on him. And the guy working for customs is literally like, We've been tricked! We've been swindled! And quite possibly, bamboozled! I just thought that was really fun. The look on his face. The actor just looks so stupid. He's like, Ugh! Uh, he got us. The bad guy tricked us. And uh, there's a lot of fun to be had in the third one if you can get past some of the bad writing and cheesy acting. The dad is written so terribly. Like, what's the point of this character? Um, his, his intent, his, his like, his means to the end sort of changes through each scene like he doesn't really have any rational through line he's just sort of doing what the story demands him however the actor himself is trying really hard with the crap that he was given so i gotta commend him for that um i love the intro titles with it was so 2000s like putting 3d titles animating 3d titles on screen and then having the camera like pan around to show all the sides of the animated letters which like i don't think movies really do that anymore because who gives a fuck honestly like ooh, you can rotate you, you can you can animate some letters to look like they have multiple sides to them like who gives a shit about that honestly um and yeah han holy fucking god I, okay, first, Bow Wow. I love him in this movie. He's great. Again, like, not the world's greatest actor, but his he does have some fun moments. There's a moment where, like, they're all jumping in a bunch of elevators in a, in a garage because the, the race goes through multiple levels of the garage, and Bow Wow hops into an elevator with a bunch of women, and as the door closes, 
he just looks at the camera and gives it like a quick wink. And every time, that shit makes me laugh my ass off. And Han, man. Oh my god, Han, dude. Han! Just, Han, what else do you say about Han? Like, Sang-Kung played this character perfectly. Han is a complete dreamboat. He's like the perfect, like, cowboy-type character they were going for. At one point, again, it's not like he's, like, well-written or anything. It's just the actor... The actor is so good. Did I say Sang Kung? Sung Kang? I think it's Sung Kang. Kang Sung. Sung Kang, I think it is. I know, I, I sound so offensive right now. I'm really trying to get it right. Because I, I, I care. I like the guy. His, He's just so great at doing the best. Now, Justin Lin directed this movie, and I gotta say, that is a lot of it. Um, Justin Lin would go on to direct Star Trek Beyond, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, I don't care what anyone says. It's not a great movie, but uh, it's not It's not trying to be. It's just a perfect adventure movie. And that's kind of what he does with this Fast and Furious movie. It's, uh, it's not trying to be a great movie, and in that, it sort of finds a greatness. I really love how he directs action scenes. I love how he doesn't mind taking the camera away from the action and sort of like revolving around the area we're in. And, uh, you know, because like he, he trusts he, he trusts the audience to be like, okay, you know, people are chasing each other right now. People are racing. Let's, let's, let's go take, let's take the camera through these trees down this mountainside. Let's show this you know, this thing over here, and, oh, look, hey, look, they're about to come catch up with us, guys. I just, I love that type of stuff. And, uh, the scene where Han died breaks my heart every time. Uh, I'll have to watch, because if you, if you, if you know the Fast and Furious movies, at the end of the sixth one, they call back to that scene where Han dies. And they, uh, they sort of, uh, retool it a little bit. But, in Tokyo Drift, Han got his shit fucked up. Like, he looked fucked up. And uh, if I remember correctly from the end of the sixth one, he did. He wasn't necessarily as fucked up. So, I don't know. I'll, I'll also watch it again, you know, try to see the continuity, try to ke- catch the discrepancies, try to be like, oh, they tried to slip something past me. Yeah, BoJack Horseman, Fast and the Furious. <coughs> very fun movies. Very, very good TV show. I, I highly suggest you watch them. And now I'm going to bring back a segment that I haven't done in a moment. Called, Why Is This a Thing? Now I was on Twitter recently. <coughs> a couple of weeks ago, maybe week and a half, two weeks ago. And I saw Boston Market trying to get in on the meme game. Uh, they tweeted out something that was like, what's something you could say to a loved one that you can say about your chicken? It was something like that. And after going through all these people who were saying, you know, stuff that was kind of clever, stuff that was just trashy, stuff that was, did you even think that was a joke type stuff? Um, I saw one... That was a story about a guy. He said he was cooking naked and dropped a <clears throat> chicken breast on his penis and thinks he has salmonella. And everyone was like, oh no, you fucked the chicken. 
like you for sure fuck the chicken. However, the creme de la creme, the king, the king of the Twitter uh, memes was a, I, don't, I think multiple people posted this. I don't know who, who originated the picture, but it's a picture of a dude with his dick in a raw chicken. <laughs> and this is about one of the funniest things I've ever seen because like, it's not a small dick. Um, what you can see of it looks looks pretty looks pretty respectable. So you can only imagine what else is holding the chicken up, holding the whole chicken up. <laughs> and like the dude has a bush, and that just makes it even funnier to me <laughs> for some reason. It's the funniest picture I've ever seen. It's just a it's just a dude with a fucking rock. it's just a dude with a chicken on his dick. Like that's amazing. That's amazing. That's awesome. I laugh my ass off every time I see it. It's the greatest thing probably I've ever seen on the internet. Um, I go on the internet. I go on Twitter and, you know, Reddit specifically to be traumatized like that. So the internet won that one. I got to say that that is that is the that is the meme of the month for the month of January. Um, no. That's the meme of the month for the month of January and February. It'll just have to... January and February, we'll have to share memes. But... <clears throat> yeah, that was hilarious. Boston Market, uh, thanks, but no thanks, but also thanks for that. I could have done without that in my life. And uh, you guys made it happen. So, eat up, eat at Boston Market. That's a million ex-girlfriends and <laughs> <laughs> All right, Boston Market, don't sue me. <laughs> you guys are the ones who fucking posted that stupid ass fucking Twitter shit, man. I'm uh, I'm gonna get myself out of here before I get myself in any more trouble. I gotta go do some things. Got some school assignments I'm taking <coughs> taking classes at CCRI got two Saturday classes a psychology class and a history class so I gotta go read some stuff so I'm gonna take care of that um look at you look at you beautiful beautiful bunch of virgins I think that's what I'm gonna call the million ex-girlfriends uh, followers I'm gonna, I'm gonna call you I'm gonna call you virgins from now on. <laughs> Look at you beautiful bunch of virgins. Look, it's okay if, if you are, alright? It's okay if you're not having the sex. It's cool. Um, you don't, don't feel pressure to do anything you don't want to. If you live a quiet life, if you don't go out, a lot if you don't socialize with a lot of people you know uh, and I, I want to be specific there you don't have to have a lot of friends it's always a good idea to have some but you don't have to have like a lot a lot of friends yeah. um, it's, it's okay to live a 
quiet, boring, uneventful life. I mean, for me, personally, that's what I want. Like, my big fantasy is just living a... Just, 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 you know, uneventful, quiet life. And, like, that doesn't mean I won't go out and stuff. Like, you know, I'll go to events I care about. Like, I have a lot of friends who are performers and stuff like that. I know artists and stuff. I like doing photography and I want to make videos and stuff like that. So, you know, and, like, obviously you'll have to go to work and stuff like that. But um, aside from, you know, the necessary stuff, like, I just... I just want to live, just live, just, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing art stuff, leave me alone, I'm, I'm being pretentious, leave me alone, I'm being deep and important, <laughs> anyway, virgins, uh, it was good seeing you again, if you stuck around to the end, uh, drop, drop a, Drop a peace emoji and a green heart and a peace emoji and a green heart. Like, that's my version of, like, XOXO. Peace, heart, peace, heart. Peace, green heart, peace, green heart. Peace, green, well, you know, whatever. I'll... Uh, if you made it this far, drop a peace, heart, peace, heart. And uh, if you didn't, then, uh, you know... I would tell you to fuck right off, but you already did, so it's it's whatever. Um, have have a nice have a nice week have a nice couple of weeks I like to do this every two weeks I'll be back in two weeks and uh, yeah I may or may not update you on what I'm doing personally or I may uh, talk to a, an artist friend of mine or I may just throw popcorn at the camera for 30 minutes while I play royalty-free vaporwave in the background. Really, really anything goes over here. So, yeah. Catch y'all later.